Hello everybody and welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo. I'm your host Molly Martian and I am walking through Liverpool Street Station. I just nearly bumped into a member of the public. She's going through the gates. Okay, I am walking through Liverpool Street Station on my way home from recording a new podcast. Doctor Who aired this week. It was our longest gap ever uh, between televised episode of Doctor, episodes of Doctor Who since 2005, but it finally aired. David Tennant returned to the role, uh, becoming the first person to play two separate incarnations of the Doctor. Uh, and I know what some of you are saying now. Some of you are going, Molly, no, that's wrong. He's not the first, because Sylvester McCoy put on a curly wig and played the sixth Doctor for 30 seconds in Simon the Rani. And um, f- fucking Paul McGatt played John Hurt in Night of the Doctor. And yes, you're right, but I do think you ought to interrogate why you feel the need to correct people all the time on things that don't matter. Um, <laughs> a new episode of Doctor Who aired, The Star Beast. So I thought, um, in classic style, I would get some friends together together to discuss it, and significantly, uh, some friends who are not huge Doctor Who fans. Um, I always do this at the start of a new season. I like to gather with some people who maybe have not watched the show in a while, uh, maybe don't have the same perspective that we fanatics have, um, but also people whose opinions I kind of respect in general, uh, and I know are going to give me some good takes on things. So I met up with my friend Kath, who has been on the podcast not once, but not twice, but three times before. Uh, and my friend Malak, who has never appeared on the podcast before, but knows her stuff when it comes to TV and theatre and film. Uh, I met her the best part of a decade ago now, so I know her very well indeed, and I knew she'd be an excellent person to have on the pod. Uh, the conversation was a good one. Uh, the conversation gets socio-political. The conversation gets... Um, the conversation goes off on tangents. Uh, the conversation is positive. It's sometimes negative. Uh, we did some laughing. We did some bickering, particularly Kat and I. Um, and at some point, um, a lot of points throughout, actually, uh, people lost their trains of thought um, and there were long silences, uh, which I am dreading having to spend probably an entire afternoon cutting out but that's okay that's what happens when you record podcasts at the end of a working Monday um, but you know girl gotta eat alright I think uh, I've spoken for long enough uh, so I'm going to get on the northern line now um, but without further ado here is my conversation with Kastlan and Malak Elgenemi all about the Star Beast. Some of you are correcting me again, aren't you? You're going, Molly, how are you going to get on the Northern Line at Liverpool Street? There's no Northern Line connection there. And you'd be right, because Google Maps is suggesting that I walk to Moorgate, which actually, now I think of it, I can't bother doing. So I'm going to get on the Central Line um, and sort of freestyle, work it out from there. All right, enjoy the podcast. Seems that I'm some kind of a galactic yo. Seems that I'm some kind of a galactic. 
Is what annoying? The washing machine. I can't hear the washing machine, oh. and neither, neither can the listener. Can you, listener? <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here today with two of my besties who are not Doctor Who freaky people. They're regular people who like Doctor Who a bit. A lot. Um, welcome to Galactic Yo-Yo, everybody. I thought I would start by going over kind of what my relationship with the two of you is and um, kind of the story of your relation, your individual relationships with Doctor Who as a phenomenon. Kath, you've been on this podcast before, three times. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I didn't actually remember it was three times. I only remember one time. So You were on it twice discussing episodes mm. in much the same way as this. And then you also played yourself in an audio play I did for my 100th episode. Because at the time yeah. we were we were cohabiting. I thought that was just Lily. No, it was you. Okay, it was me. Uh, so y- you want me to say who I am? I want I want your story of how you know me. Yeah. And I want your story, your history with Doctor Who. Yeah. yeah. So I met Molly. Like, I promise, listeners, we will get on to talking about the Star Beast soon. But I thought it'd be be useful to like lay some context, you know? Yes. Okay. Just go ahead. Let me do it. Um, we were <laughs> <laughs> we were. Um, at uni, we were in on part of a poetry magazine. Um, God, we we're going that deep. We aren't? fell in love and were together <laughs> for six I years. Suppose we did fall in love, didn't we? We fell in love. We did, <laughs> and we were together for six years. And then what went wrong? Um, what did go wrong? Should we go there? No. Um, nothing really went wrong. And then we broke up and uh we're still friends and i was subject to a lot of doctor who during that time Uh, yeah i was going to ask you like has that negatively affected your relationship with doctor who as a whole uh yeah yeah or (laughs) positive or positively um i would say uh it's a mix but i feel like there's more pressure on me to like doctor who Sure. Okay. Now than there even, ever was even before. Now. More now than there was even when we were together. Really? Why? Because you care about it so much, and now you're my friend. So you respect me more. Yeah. I think you do respect me more a little bit now. <laughs> yeah. I think I respect you this more. This isn't a, a therapy bit. session. I don't. Sorry. Think. Okay. Um. So right, one of my favourite memories actually of uh, our time together is one time we were on holiday in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like not an ex. You lived in France at the time, so it wasn't like an expensive holiday. We were just like hanging out in Paris. We had an Airbnb, or whatever, and we were on our way back to the Airbnb one night. And you said, "Do you want to watch some Doctor Who when we get in?" And it was the ro- most romantic thing you ever said to me. Dirty talk. It basically was, yeah. <laughs> and we got back and we watched The Empty Child and the Doctor Dances. Yeah, I remember that actually. And it's and it's that's one of the best episodes. Sometimes ever, you just sometimes I just get that that itch that I need to scratch. Yeah. That felt you th- you've missed it, but it wasn't. It literally just was about it, which is funny, really, because the Doctor Dances is the is the a euphemistic title, yes, isn't it? Anyway, um, did you watch Doctor Who as a child? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I remember being in my cousin's attic in two thousand and five, watching yeah. Chris Eccleston come out as the new Doctor. We used to have a scarf that we called the Doctor Who scarf that my mum had knitted with loads of leftover wool. We used to wrap my sister up in it like a burrito and carry her around. Ellie? Yep. Kat's younger sister. But bigger sister. Yeah. But taller, yeah. Um, And yeah, I loved it. You know, classic was was there all the way and then sort of dropped off after Matt Smith. Mm. Mm. One of those. I think I'm going to call this episode something like 
I haven't watched it since David Tennant or it's not been the same since David Tennant or something like that. I don't think that would be accurate. Anyway, I really feel bad that Mal hasn't got Mal's not spoken yet. yet. Okay. Hello, Malak. Hello. Um, how do you know me? And um, what has your relationship with Doctor Who been over, your last, over the last 29 years that you've been alive? Wow. Um, we met at uni as well. Yep. Was it punk rock? No, I didn't even. I wasn't even in punk rock. No, I was in punk rock. You were in punk rock. It's a rock. Simon Stevens play for those at home. When um, did when did we meet? We met uh, on a play called The Infant, oh, which yeah. is a little known play by a guy called Oliver Lansley. Li- li- no, oh yeah, and who actually you're not going to believe this appears in Doctor Who. What he has a bit part in um, a story called World Enough and Time. Really, in the Beatles era. Yeah, really weird. But um, he wrote a play called The Infant and we were in it. Yeah. No, no I was in it and in you it. produced I it. I produced it. Wasn't very good. Um, it wasn't very good. Yeah. And then I cast <laughs> you in in my the first play I ever wrote. Well, you didn't actually cast me. Okay. Look, all right. Come we're on. doing that story then. Yeah. Fine. Okay. <laughs> I cast somebody else. Um, and then uh, they were from a religious background. Oh, is that why they couldn't do yeah. it? Yeah. I didn't know and that. And they read the play and the read through. And uh, there were too many references to um, anal sex in it. Mm-hmm. There were quite a few references. There were quite a few <laughs> references to anal sex. So um, so they... I forgot to start my backup recording. So anyway. Um, <laughs> so she pulled out and then I had to... Uh, pun not intended. And I had to... I was just thinking that. Uh, <laughs> I had to get you on board, didn't I? And yeah. you, you were the best choice for the role anyway. I was, I was, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, and the role, say, you know. and the <laughs> <laughs> and the role you played was kind of based on Rose Tyler. Yeah, it was. Mm. I and I, I remember I told you oh. to because it was my first time as director, and I didn't really know. I mean, I was only like nineteen years old. I didn't really know how to behave. And mm. um, once I cast everybody, I gave each person homework. Yeah. To like watch something or read something to like get a grip of their character. And the thing that I sent you was the scene in. The end of the world, where yeah. um, Rose Tyler um, berates Cassandra for having sort of made a mockery of humanity, um, and I—that was what I wanted Mal to, yeah, look to for her character. What is your story with Doctor Who? Well, I'd already watched that scene, obviously. Yeah. Because I, so I love Doctor Who. Basically, what you said before, up until it was no longer David Tennant. <laughs> You, this is why I you're the perfect girlies for this. I am. Huh? You didn't even watch Matt Smith. No, watched but didn't love. And then stopped watching altogether. So I've heard, right, so I'm interested in this because I hear it, obviously it's like a bit of a cliche that people stop watching after David Tennant and I do make fun of it quite a lot. <laughs> but I'm kind of interested to know like the things that made you drop off. Like, is I think a big part of it is just age, right? It's just like mm. you got older and you were interested in other things. The cat's looking sceptical about that. But it's the writing as well, right? Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like I found... Yeah, I actually think that was really... I remember thinking... I said this last time I was on... the, the Or one of the times I was on it. Um, it got really timey-wimey. And it got yeah. really like... Everything had to have huge, very high stakes. Mm. And it. I found it really annoying because you you like it for the like real characters mm-hmm. and like it's not very relatable for everything to have cosmic significance yeah. it's definitely less grounded in the Stephen Moffat era 100% um, everything's like happening on all these different planets so it doesn't yeah feel, but like, to, to me it what it loses in 
kind of the soap opera elements it gains in some other things like i think Stephen moffat's comedy is better and i think his um i think the way he writes exposition is so entertaining to watch and yeah you know mm. all kinds of things like that i but actually noticed so much exposition in this one which was yeah, obviously going to happen but i just i found it really clunky yeah, yeah so. like exposition isn't bad on its own but yeah yeah well i guess we'll get to that yeah mm. um also like matt did you think matt smith was like a worse doctor or something he's yeah. my favorite doctor david tennant is my favorite doctor for sure i think matt was not worse but less in my opinion I don't know what it was. Maybe it's just him as an actor. Mm. I think I just preferred... I do like David Tennant in a lot of things. Really? I, yeah. d- I mean, I think David Tennant is brilliant in everything, including yeah. Doctor Who. I think the thing that I prefer about Matt Smith is, I think, maybe the thing other people don't like about mm. him, which is that... Um, and Peter Capaldi, actually, that they never read a line the way you'd expect an actor to read a line. Whereas yeah. David Tennant reads a line exactly how you'd expect and extremely well. Um, I don't know that that's true. No? I think he can be very... Maybe that is reductive. Yeah, I don't know. I think they all kind of have that about them. As a a character, I think that's kind of what Doctor Who... That's a good way of defining what he's like. For sure, but I think of all all the Doctors, Mm. David Tennant is probably the most leading man Doctor. Mm. Yeah. Um, Probably, yeah. Maybe that's why I don't... Maybe that's why I there were doctors I like more than him. It's not you know I really like David. Yeah. I I I found even when they are doing the big universe stuff, I find him more convincing right. than Matt Smith. Me I too. find Matt Smith a bit affected and a yeah. bit like um, okay, um, kind of pretending to be zanier than he is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think the thing it comes. I mean, this is strange that we've so got into acting. like tenant <laughs> like tenant versus Smith, which is not doesn't feel like the point of the, this conversation but yeah the thing that um the the line that always sticks out to me and i must have said this on galactic yoga before um is in the girl in the fireplace when um the, the doctor says uh i'm the doctor and i just snogged madame de pompadour mm. and uh that's a script by stephen moffat which makes it doubly interesting because matt smith was then his doctor right mm. and um the way david Tennant said it, it says it is like not macho, but it's like it's like a hero line, right? Whereas the, I I always imagine Matt Smith saying it, and he would be like a, like a sort of um, rabbit in the headlights, you know? He'd be like a teenager who didn't know what he was doing, mm-hmm. and I think I find that more compelling. Mm. But I can understand why it would rub some people up the wrong way, maybe, or or yeah. why they would feel more attracted to David Tennant's. Yeah, I just brand of heroism. I actually really liked um, Matt Smith. I did. I really liked him as a doctor, but I just by the end of it found that it was just yeah, it it's was just getting itself in loads of hole in loads of like corners, and then having to get itself out by being all like bad wolf and <laughs> all that stuff. I just I like that's not interesting to me. Bad wolf from the David Tennant from the Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, but like but. that. That <laughs> like whole, having to refer back to I that. know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. just like it, everything being circular and yeah. I feel you. And then we got Peter Capaldi, of course. And I think this is when even more fans dropped off. When yeah. the sonic screwdriver was a pair of sunglasses, I just thought, go home, you're drunk. <laughs> it, I, fe- I felt like it was less dark. 
Oh, I feel like it's more dark in that really? era. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like properly adult to me. I remember era. maybe it was the Murray Gold music. It felt really like... Oh, the Murray Gold comedy music. Yeah, it got pretty bad at that time. And also yeah. the music mix was pretty bad at that time. Um, yeah. Also, they stopped... Um, no, that's not relevant. I was going to say they stopped um, showing it. it. It wasn't as accessible in America. Um, so that's why a lot of fans are, that's why a lot of fans actually dropped off in that so period panicked, and it's something it's something people fail to recognize but obviously wouldn't have affected you to all no um i remember you telling me that it's that it was pcap on the on the tank that made you yeah like i off. literally think about that and it makes me annoyed PCAP with the I guitar on the tank <laughs> yeah i love that episode and then jody whitaker took over of course i'm yeah. getting I remember that bloke with the teeth called something like Dennis Bateman. <laughs> Tim Shaw. Tim Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Tim Shaw. Yeah, he wasn't I mean, actually called Tim honest, Shaw. That was a joke, though. That is extremely funny. Yeah, very funny. What about Whitaker herself, though, as the Doctor? Um, like what you saw about a fair bit of it with me? What about like a bin I saw earlier? Just to, hasn't stayed with me at all. <laughs> That is savage. Just like, I can't... I wouldn't get away with that on this podcast. Couldn't, so like couldn't that. remember a thing about <laughs> it. A bin. A bin's cruel because Sheer bin's misogyny. sort of rubbish by definition. <laughs> That's not really what I meant. But like, just, I don't... It's What I mean is it was unremarkable. Unremarkable. Okay, fine. I would agree. Thank you. So more like a bollard. Yeah. Bin wow. was bin was a miss. A yeah. swing and a miss. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, the trouble is, right, and, and, you know, I've discussed this on the podcast before, there was a tragedy to that era that it didn't work because it was the first, like, mainline female doctor and... Or as my brother said, nurse who? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Uh, cats, uh, yeah, that's going to make <laughs> your brother look really bad. Yeah. He's misogynist. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to cut that bit? I am going to cut it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't really know how to handle it. Um... Because cause I was going to say he's got learning difficulties, which he does, but then that implies that people with learning difficulties hate women. Yeah, let's just cut that. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could have found a way around it, but there we go. Yeah, yeah. Might just leave the, all this in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, you know, she was the first... She was the first female doctor, and that was really exciting. But the whole era was kind of a mistake, and her performance was all over the place, and she was kind of miscast, and then... It ended with her regenerating back into the most popular male doctor, which like was exciting because it was like the you know the future was bright, but also there was a tr- there was an element of tragedy to that. Can you know? I ask? Do you like her anyway as an actor outside Doctor Who? Yeah, like what's your opinion of her? I I think she's good at other stuff. Yeah. I think she's good in Broadchurch. Yeah. I recently rewatched Broadchurch. Yeah. Okay, no, I didn't. I watched one reaction video to the final episode <laughs> of the first series. Series. And um I thought, oh my god, this is so good. Like what, it was about the whole thing. Yeah, it was so good. What about David her, what about her though? so good. She, I thought she was good. I remember thinking I think she's good as an every woman. Yeah. Like yeah. she's not good as a time lord. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't she, she she's was not miscast. quirky. She's yeah, not quirky it's enough. Just, there's just so many people that would have done that so well. And I think and it's a shame for her because it's one. it's Chris Chibnall. I've, again, I'm repeating myself for for long-time listeners of the podcast, but it's Chris Chibnall going, who is the best actor I know? Yeah. Right? And and he's picked her. But it was Olivia Colman. 
true yeah <laughs> but she wouldn't have done it she was already too famous by then um okay so then david tennant's back for three weeks right where was i gonna go with this i've made a list of things to talk about dun, dun, dun. which says a lot because it means everyone okay he is the most popular one he is yeah. the most popular and that's why they've chosen to bring him back mm. and also he loves doctor who and he'll do anything right he's come back once before <laughs> He's back on Big Finish. He's he's a slut for Doctor Who, right? He loves it. Um, so he's doing he's doing three weeks, and he's also back with Donna Noble as played by Catherine Tate, uh, and there were also two other returning characters, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, what did we think of the Doctor and Donna back together after more than a decade? How was that for you guys? I have chills. I'm so I loved it. Did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have chills. <laughs> I am. Um, I those two. Obviously, I love David and Billy. Billy, David and Billy. David and Billy. Um, but she's a close personal friend. Yeah, my close friend. Um, <laughs> but it's always been the Doctor and Donna that has been my favourite combination. Yeah. So that is what I was the most excited about. To be honest, not just him, not just her, them together. They've got not such me. good. <laughs> <laughs> they've got they've got such good chemistry together yeah um and yeah you're right it was always going to be one of those two pairings but i think actually rose as a character has too much mythic significance in doctor who yeah. now um and donna's story was kind of um incomplete right mm-hmm. they, she 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 needs her happy ending um and it seems like they've been able to give that to her kath what did you feel about David Tennant and Catherine Tate. Um, I know that my little sister will be so happy about that because she loves that era. Yeah. I don't like, that's not golden era Doctor Who for me, but it was really good. Was was she with Matt Smith for a bit as well? No. No. Don't know why I thought that. No. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's because you were trying to get us to watch in the middle of a weekend where we were supposed to be going on a night out. <laughs> that did happen. Yeah, so Kath and I have been on a, a weekend away to Liverpool. Yeah. And um, like mainly to enjoy the nightlife, right? Yeah. <laughs> but in the middle of it, the Doctor Who was airing and, you know, Doctor Who waits for no one as far as I'm concerned. So um, we watched it and you it seemed to resent that a little bit. Yeah, and I just think, it, like, <laughs> that's why I said this at the start. I just do resent Doctor Who a bit. So, like, even just being asked, like... What do I think of them being back together after a decade? I think that like would mean would be such a different question if I hadn't like been forced to watch Doctor Who for so long. Wow, <laughs> sorry, okay. that is so bleak, so negative. But I just I know why sorry. are you here then? No, I I because I love you. Just talking. wanted Mal to make you a stir fry. That's what that's <laughs> what you wanted. Yeah. You wanted a little prawn stir fry. Yeah. No, I just um. I don't know. It doesn't mean much to me that. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. But then being back together why. doesn't mean much. No, but I, 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 yeah, I don't. It should. Mm. Maybe I'm just not tapped into it enough. Like, have you watched it since you watched it? Yeah. So you've like gone back and watched. Them I've watched too. it twice because similarly, I was back home in Manchester for the weekend, mm. and it was my brother's birthday. Obviously, the night that it came out. He actually stayed up. No, so as in, sorry, have you watched oh. Doctor Who with David we Tennant? We don't care and, about your night out. And <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Have I watched it since? Have I gone back and watched it since? Watched David 
Tennant and Catherine Tate together since. Yeah, so many times. They're you, the episodes. You definitely have because I've watched it with you. You yeah. must have. They're the episodes that I will rewatch again and again and again. It was yeah. it was like the imperial era of Doctor Who, like it, yeah. where it dominated everything. It's the biggest thing yeah. on television. Sorry, I feel like I'm ruining this. No, that's okay. That's okay. There were also two other returning characters, yes. namely Sylvia Noble, as played by Jacqueline King, mm-hmm. and shit, I don't know the actor's name, uh, Sean Temple, husband of Donna Noble. Had we seen him before? Yeah, so he appears in The End of Time, which is the last David Tennant story. Um, you know when Donna gets married at the end? Oh, because that's when she doesn't want to be Noble yeah, Temple. She, she gets married to him. Yes. Uh, he doesn't have any lines in the episode, though. Okay. But they brought the actor back. And it's the same guy? Yeah. he. I, I can guarantee you he was never expecting to receive that call. That's um, so an nice amazing though. call. Yeah. After having just been like... In one episode. No words, yeah. Yeah. Um, At the end of a series with a character who was going off. Like, yeah. you would mm. never think... Well, maybe let's start with him, then. What do you? What did you think of his character? Didn't do. I didn't have a lot to do, but I... I liked I thought, him. I liked him, and I thought he suited Donna as a husband. Yeah. Yeah. And he's quite fit as well. Do you think? I don't think he's that fit. Like in a sort I, of bad way. Well, he had like, I don't know, his eyes were quite interesting. Yeah. Piercing. Yeah. I think the yeah. sort of salt and pepper look suited him as well. Yeah. yeah. He wasn't bad looking at all, but I didn't watch it and think, wow, fit. Yeah, there was just a moment, maybe it was when he was um, locked behind that gate. We <laughs> 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 did not put that in. What do you mean? What do you I mean? I think he looked fit. Oh, sorry. I feel like I'm not, having not be- a bad one. Not behind the wheel of the cab is not that not when he looked tasty. <laughs> Loved that also. Yeah, but locked behind the gate. That was the moment. <laughs> no, That's staying in. Oh, <laughs> um, <what? laughs> I'm gonna cut it out. Why are we going crazy? No, that actually was kind of funny. Keep that in. Okay. Um, and then and then uh, Jacqueline King Becker's. Sylvia Noble, who I thought actually kind of stole the show, you know? Not sure I'd say stole the show, but I oh. thought she was very good. Would you say she stole the show, Kath? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but you noticed her, right? She, yeah. she like, she, and she had some think... real weight to her, and she had mm. a, a level of depth that she'd never had before. Because yeah. in, in series four, she's, she's a bit of an of, old nag. She's an old nag. She is yeah. an old Whereas nag. Whereas she'd kind of, she kind of softened a bit, mm. and I. I really like that that they gave mm. her like more to do. Mm. Was she living in their house, or they live, or was she just round making? That dinner? wasn't really clear, was it? Actually, definitely a different house than what we've seen before. Oh yeah, fully a different house. So in two thousand eight and two thousand nine, um, Bernard Cribbins played Wilf, Donna's maternal grandfather. Mm-hmm. Um, he was not in the episode, but he was referenced in the episode as mm. living in a care home. Mm. I thought um, you were going to say a cave. Living in a cave, no, not not living in a cave. <laughs> he is um, sadly dead now. Um, Bernard Cribbins passed away last year. However, um, what's what's funny about that? She found some city pissing herself. <laughs> what's funny about that? It was a national treasure car. Saying he's sadly dead now, just a quite savage way of saying it. <laughs> but, well, I use the adverb sadly. Yeah. Um, he is sadly dead now. Um, I don't know what's happening. It's the about. now that's funny. Saying that someone's dead rather than he has died. Oh, well, he has died. No, but dead now. Anyway. Yeah. Being dead requires having died. Yeah. Uh, one is implied by what? the other. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Burning Cribbins, brown bread. However. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? He's like I don't I don't like <laughs> it either. I don't like <laughs> that he's dead. He's dead. Carry on. Right. But he wasn't dead when this was shot. And they filmed some stuff with him. Oh. Uh, so he will be appearing in one of the future specials. We Did don't know, know that. Yeah, he was at the reader and everything. Like <gasps> he's in it, um, which is why they didn't. Because otherwise, they would have said he was dead. I was right? just about to say that's interesting, but it's not anymore. Because yeah. yeah. So, but interesting that he didn't appear this week. Mm. So presumably, I don't think he's going to appear next week because it feels like next week is set mostly on a spaceship. Yeah. I think he's probably going to appear in the last of the three episodes. I would hope so. Um, they won't have cut the scenes well, like yeah. altogether. Um. I'm really excited to see Wilf again. Are you guys excited to see Wilf again? Was your appetite wet by that? Is the past tense of wet, wet? Wetted? Was it wetted? That, was wet, your, that wet my no. appetite. That wet my appetite. That, but that wet my, my appetite is yeah. present, isn't it? No, I think past. No. That wet my appetite. That, that, wet that, my... that comma, wet my appetite. <laughs> <laughs> um, did it wet your <laughs> Did it wet your ap- appetite for more wealth? And um, are you excited for more wealth? Absolutely, yeah. I love wealth. One of the best Doctor Who characters ever. Do you agree, Kath? Yeah, he's lovely. He's always like makes a... me cry. I feel like. like yeah. I feel like his scenes are always really emotional. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Some There's something the about Doctor a, sh- a man ever. in the shed looking at the sky or something. Yeah, he's he's um he has a telescope and he's like sits on the hill and looks at the sky and him, him and Donna's relationship. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. And the parallel between him, and the doctor both being old men, but he's like actually an old man. That, yeah. And David Tennant's like not, but he's playing an old man. And yeah, it was all always like really romantic. And he loved David, didn't he? Oh yeah. Mm. Great pals in real life too. Oh, um, really? Aww. Yeah. 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 Sad. Um, yes. Although I think one thing that they wouldn't do now, and I don't think they'll do if, and when, we see Wolf again, mm. is there's a sort of um, nationalistic aspect to his character. There's a kind of queen and country element, right? Yeah. Which, which, like, is fine and is very realistic and reflective of people in that generation. Mm. But I can't see this version of the show, like, like celebrating that. Mm. Or, like, or, like, not that it celebrated it then, but, like, it, it was always kind of treated as quaint. And I yeah. think the last sort of 12, 13 years of political climate in this country has shown us that that isn't quaint. Mm. And I think, do you know what I mean? I think we've learned well, from that. Yeah, but I also think it's still the mainstream opinion to be like... But Russell T. Davies isn't, isn't the mainstream opinion. Forget. Yeah. But Will's character is that though. True, true. But I think we're supposed to... We're supposed to be on Will's side as a character, right? So yeah. I don't think... Oh uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like what, is it what wrong to be nostalgic to about the war? I don't know. The, well, if, am I being am I being like uh, woke? Oh yeah, I'd see you being fairly woke, but yeah. like in a bad way. No, no. I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> for Wilf, yeah, I think it's fair that he feels that way. Mm. Do you? Yeah. Right. Because I think I don't know. It's we we've not been in that situation. Mm. True. True. So it's easy for us to comment. And I, I'm agreeing with you, obviously. Mm. But like mm. for him, that's his experience and he feels yeah. that. And so I feel like... Again, maybe I'm being reductive because in my head it's like part and parcel with like a sort of nasty nationalism or mm. racism. But I, I think more than that, what this episode seems to be doing and what Russell T. Davies seems to be doing generally with like It's a Sin and other stuff mm-hmm. is kind of almost leading by example 
of like trying totally. to show what um non-bigoted old people can be like mm. sure but yeah, that's true but like just being like uh, yeah it's not necessarily realism but maybe they're yeah mm. you're you're probably right that they wouldn't do that now wilf is just a character who lived in that time like yeah. for example when we become old there are probably things that beliefs that we would have we'll be well racist won't we yeah but we'll, lo- well loads of things that we can't even think about we'll be like really anti we'll just be like whatever next because we'll think that we were so yeah open-minded yeah but we weren't we were not but every generation probably thinks that. Mm. Mm. That's the whole problem. Yeah. Um, Cass, what do you think the least open-minded thing about you is? Oh, God. Um, um, I think smoking is really shit. Smoking? Yeah. I don't think that's controversial. <laughs> <laughs> that is so crazy that you said that. Uh, what, what do you think the least open-minded thing about me is? Um, I would say this... Hmm. Most the uh, most least open minded thing about you, probably my opinions on immigration. <laughs> <laughs> Stop that! That's I think obviously a joke. I think you you are sometimes quite. I think you're sometimes quite quick to um, judge people based on the clothes they're wearing. Yeah, yeah. If I fancy someone, I'll immediately look at their shoes just to check. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is fine, but yeah, probably the least open minded thing. But uh, Malak, what do you think the least open minded thing about you is? I don't know. My answer was going to be mu- like much more trivial than what you've just said. The shoes. It was more trivial more than the shoes. <laughs> more trivial than the shoes. What was it going to be? I'm just judgmental about like... Maybe it's not. Maybe it's the same level of trivial. Okay. Like book titles, films, like TV oh, really? shows. If they have a title that I just don't like for no reason, I just won't watch it ever. Like yeah. Hamnet. Isn't, Hamnet. Isn't that absolutely like just so normal yeah 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 isn't that no just but like most part people of... will be like what's it about i'll just be like i don't like the sound of that and i will never read it or watch it you're book racist well not just books and shows i'll just like hear a title and be like that sounds silly and never watch it unless someone sits down with mm. me and is like you have to watch it and then i'll be like you, oh, you it's judge so a book good. by its cover literally hugely but yeah. i always think you should book Book oh yeah totally it doesn't make any it doesn't make any sense that saying because that's the reason the book was uh, looked yeah. like they do yeah and also books are marketed in a specific way to get you to do that because they appeal to certain audiences i know that that's not always true and they sometimes like do mm. do bad things in that regard but you judge me um by my clothing and appearance before you knew me what I did thought, you think I about me? I thought you were a mature student. <laughs> <laughs> so for context, I, I went to university at the normal age and I'm actually slightly younger than Kath. Yeah, I but, became a cougar. But so. you but you saw me walking <laughs> you saw me walking into your lectures. Late. Le- yeah, to be fair, late every single day. I was ten minutes late to pretty much every lecture. Ten. I think quite a lot. I think it was like that is surely the cockiness of a forty year old. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't think I was forty. Honestly, I'd I kind of did. Uh, basically, I pictured you as your dad. Yeah. Like he, that that kind of a person who's dressed as a. Oh, I'm about to like take myself in a massive hole. Go on. Like he looks younger, and I guess he is younger. My father is significantly younger than your father. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> there were also some new characters in the episode. Yeah. Uh, namely. So the main new characters were, um, well, let's just run through them one by one. So we had Donna's daughter, 
Rose Noble. Thoughts? You're I looking at me really worried, Mal. I didn't think she was very good. I really? didn't think she was very good at acting oh, good. either. Okay. No, I, so at I, so acting, is that what you meant? She's from, yeah. So the actor is from a thing called Heartstopper, yeah. which I've not seen. I've heard that young people like it quite a lot, but I've not seen it. Um, yeah, and people talk about how fantastic she is, but I, I didn't love it, actually. I don't think she's good. Yeah, it, it felt a bit children's telly to me. So yes. I said that while we were watching it and you were really annoyed with me. I just didn't want you to make judgments while while we were watching. I wanted you to That's let me watch. That's the whole point of watching TV. I know, but I, 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 I do find, Kath, that, uh, you know, having known you a long time, you are very, I find you a little bit picky with acting. So, uh, you know. Fair enough, but you've then just said that. Oh, no, I, I haven't given myself some time to think. I do, I do think she's not very good at acting, but... What I didn't want is to is to like, you know, make that make that judgment too quickly. You wanted to give yourself the chance. Yeah. Okay. You also what you said was all of the extras in this about about acting. Yeah, there there's there was just generally a vibe of like, this isn't real. Like I know obviously it's it's not real. Silly and it's like <laughs> about a Furby that's gone mad. Also, you like <laughs> you misuse the word extras because ex- the extras are like Shut the supporting up, artists who don't so speak. Annoying. And you were referring to like the the minor speaking characters. What are they called? Actors. Yeah, Supporting but I didn't. Actors. I actually didn't mean it about Rose Noble. I meant it about like you meant, you it meant about that, that kid. little boy. You meant that little kid, didn't you? Which is unfair because <laughs> <Yeah, 'cause laughs> he was so mad. <laughs> he was a little no, boy. I also meant it you about the commander about in the him. army. That's what I said it about. The the commander in the army. Like the dude. There was like a guy in the oh, army. Okay. In the army oh can't say i remember him but anyway no. <laughs> but and but i do think she's not very good at oh yeah acting. not good at acting can't comment on heartstopper but in this never role, seen heartstopper never will wow. i think though i think <laughs> just you no could not say that the, the, the I mean, writing you know. may be i don't know how much you want to talk about this go on but just how much like they talked about her transness in the writing oh uh, yeah i think we will get to that yeah but Um, just to touch on it now they basically uh like gave her a load of shoehorny lines about that and i think it's quite hard to deliver them convincingly it just didn't feel truthful as a character really i I sort of disagree with you and but we'll get to that in a minute um and obviously my word on that is authoritative um (laughs) as a trans person um she, the character's meant to be 15, right? And that, so they fudged the ages a little bit because mm. she would only be uh, like 13 um, okay. if, if the age, if the timeline, if it was meant to be set this year. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, But yeah, I didn't necessarily think she was convincingly 15 either. Um, How old actually is she? I think she's like 19. Oh, okay. She's pretty young. She is still young. Yeah. Um, Her transgenderness aside... How did you feel about the character making all those puppets and stuff? And did you think it she had a convincing relationship with her mother? It was convenient, and mm. it didn't like it didn't feel like it had been pre-established. It felt like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm out in the in the shed making puppets. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you're gonna then go back to something in a show and like give it a new context, you have to have seen it in the first place mm-hmm. for it to be meaningful. Whereas we didn't see that. Exactly. So then when it's gone back to it, it's just an extra thing rather than like, oh, yeah. that adds a whole layer to something that we saw before. We didn't see it. So she was a load of shit then. We all agreed? <laughs> she was a load of shit. No. load of shit. No, I think she's got loads of potential, but I just didn't. Get trans people off television. 
Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, other new characters included Shirley and Bingham. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Good old Shirls. Do you not remember her? No. She was a major character in the episode. Was she... She was the, the unit scientists? scientific advisor. Yeah. As played by Ruth Maidley. Well, I think because you said it's Ruth Maidley, oh. I thought she was called Ruth Maidley. That's the actor's name. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I did not know who Shirley Ann Bingham was. Yeah. That's the, I do that's know the name Ruth. of the character, yeah. Right. I liked her. What Another did, one that you're what friends did you with, think? Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Ruth. <laughs> what did you think, her? Um, I thought she was good. Again, I found her delivery a bit clunky at times. Oh, she's brilliant in everything. A little bit... I don't know. Maybe it's because she. This is what I mean. You, you can't really trust Kath on acting because she's such a critic about everybody else's acting, and then when she's in a play, she can't remember any of her bloody lines. Oh. So. <laughs> That's so. We never talked about my relationship with Kath. Yeah. Oh, do you want to do that now? No. I'm, I sure just the, I'm sure the listeners are dying to know. Well, I just thought when you just said that about the play, they don't know we've been in a play together. Okay, go on. Run anyway, through it. Run no, through it for fine. the listeners. Know, no, that's go on. all they need to know. Go on. And me and Catherine in a play last year. Yeah, with me. Yeah, I directed. Us play. three were yeah. in a play. Yeah, the three of us. Were and Johnny, um, former Galactic Yo-Yo co-host, wrote the play. You'll remember at the time that we were advertising the play every episode. Oh, cute. Anyway, sorry. Um, Ruth. Ruth. I don't think my opinions on acting are totally invalid. I, I think you're quite critical. I am because it just takes me out of the moment. Does and that it? It's just a binary, but, like, yeah. does it or doesn't it work? And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Non-binary. Binary. We've. <laughs> yeah, so I was. I was. I was we, so we, much there. So we've spoken. Ab- we've spoken about this um, before. In that, like, you have a very immersive approach to film and television, mm. and you're like very much in it, and th- and and like a lack of realism takes you out of it. Mm. Whereas I, when I watch television, I I always feel one one step removed from it. Much like Michael Owen, I cannot suspend my disbelief. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, for, for listeners not aware, football player Michael Owen famously can't suspend his disbelief and has only ever watched ten films in his life. <laughs> it's quite a lot if you can't suspend disbelief. Um, and bizarre. five of them are Rocky films. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> cool Runnings is another one. Oh. A great film. What a classic! Um, is that why we were talking about that? The other day. Yeah, it is, yeah. Oh. Uh, th- th- yes, this has come up twice in a week. <laughs> um, Jurassic Park. Have you seen that? Ghost. Come on. Heat. Come on. Okay, um, let's move on. Um, yeah, I thought she was good. What, what I did find interesting about the character, um, so first of all, I found her a bit fishy. And I was surprised that she wasn't a vi- didn't turn out to be a villain. Mm. You can't just say she's fishy because she's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Catherine, that's a bit tawdry for Galactic Yo-Yo. <laughs> Um, but there's a there's another character called Kate Stewart. Do either of you remember her? Kate Stewart. Why are they called these boring things? She's called Kate Stewart. Do you remember her? No. So she is the usual unit scientific advisor. Oh. She's blonde, middle aged. Wait, well she was in this episode. No, no, no. She's oh. a, she appeared in the Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, and Jodie Whittaker eras. Oh yeah, okay. And she is set to appear in at least one of these tenant specials and okay. in the Shooty Gatwa era. Why wasn't she there this week? It was kind of interesting to me. It feels like there's something fishy, something shady going on with Shirley Ann Bingham <laughs> and um and Kate Stewart. Like what like where was Kate? Well I don't think <laughs> we can answer that. 
I guess are you trying to are you trying to suggest that Shirley Ann Pingham is a baddie? I think she might be a baddie. But isn't it a bit of a... Oh, no, because it can't. Trope. she can't be a baddie. Yeah, yeah, we know she's not because Russell changed Davros from being a wheelchair user. Yeah. Um, have you, did you see the Children in Need thing? No. So at Children in Need, they did a short um, scene with David Tennant and Moana as one. Oh. Um, and Davros was in it, you know, the creator of the Daleks, but um, it was pre-accident Davros. Okay. Um. And when he was interviewed about it, Russell T. Davies said that um, they weren't going to use um, Davros using a wheelchair again because of the like tropes around villains using wheelchairs um, or being otherwise disabled. So yeah, that would suggest actually that Shirley Ann Bingham is on our side after all. Mm. Thank God. Unless that he's playing the long game. Yeah, unless <laughs> what? Do you mean unless Russell was... He's saying that he's politically against doing something, which then he's just going to whap out of the bag. He's going to do any, anyway. You know what? I'd respect it. I'd rate it. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> just to, just <laughs> do a li- do a little bit of like political dick swinging to then later on just split away. She was a baddie after all. Um, so we don't. Uh, the conclusion is we don't know about Shirley. I'm co- thinking, no do we? conclusion is she's a goodie. Okay. What do you think of the rockets in her chair? I thought they were really cool. I thought that was loved absolutely that. iconic. I really like that. Have you yeah. seen the... Uh, I loved when she said that they, we all We all do. have them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, iconic. Have you seen the... Um, also, the don't make me the problem line that's been spoken about a lot online already. Like how that's uh, very reflective what, what of like... in response mm, to? A disabled person's... It was like when the unit soldiers could like had to go upstairs. Oh, and they were yeah. like, oh, you can't come with us. Cause and she was like, just go. Like, don't make me the problem. Mm. Um... What do we think about Crossed Legs Gate on Twitter? Have you been What's on Twitter that? and looked at that? I'm unaware of this. Okay, I don't so use Twitter. At one point during the episode, um, the character crosses her legs um, in her chair. And um, several thick fuckers on Twitter um, thought this was in unrealistic because um, wheelchair users um, can't use their legs, so they can't cross their legs. Even though the actor is a wheelchair user. Yeah. I mean, that is just silly. Quite mental, isn't it? And actually, I feel like it's... um, Yeah, like, even... I spoke to a couple of people who were like, oh, yeah, like, obviously, I obviously understood. Like, I'm not not thick like those people. (laughs) It feels feels like calling people thick fuckers and saying it's mental maybe isn't (laughs) the language to talk about (laughs) disability then. Don't know. Well, no, I think well because this is physical disability. It's, you know, I can I can be a proponent <laughs> of the rights of physically disabled people, whilst with the other hand shooting down mentally disabled people. Just but no, that uh, even some like sensible people I spoke to be like, oh no, I did notice though when she crossed her legs. Like I noticed that it, that like I don't see that very often. But I mm. think that's. I thought I I noticed. Did you it. notice? Yeah. I actually didn't notice it, but I do think it's like let's show that more. Like mm, yeah, yeah, because that's it demonstrates it the the um uh diversity within mm. like exactly. people who use wheelchairs, right? Yeah, let's stop like having this stock approach to how yeah we represent people because mm. it's not helpful definitely i fully agree mm. any more thoughts on shirley ann bingham no no would like to see more of her character we will be seeing more i believe in the gut i also series. thought they had good chemistry her and the doctor yeah quite funny yeah yeah and quite nice the scene where like 
uh, he de- basically delivered all the exposition to her about like the way he was feeling about himself and mm. how he's got this new face and he doesn't know why he's got the same face again. I like the bit when he said, um, oh, I say things like that now. Yes. That I, was, I always really like that quirk. That like of, post-regeneration. Yeah, quirk. that yeah. like new teeth thing. Yeah. That said, the the episode had like a bit of a weird pre-credit sequence where David Tennant and Catherine Tate spoke to camera and yes. kind of recapped the Doctor and Donna's story, which felt clunky when I when I first saw it. And I was a bit like, oh, like, I get why they're doing this for, like, people who've forgotten. It was, you know, 13 years ago after all. Mm. However, like, it felt a little bit awkward. And then actually, as the episode began, they covered all that stuff in expository dialogue anyway. Like, quite elegantly, in my opinion, but it felt like, why did they need to do the piece to camera? Yeah, why do they need to do the expositional dialogue if they don't, if they do that? And why do they need to do that if they're doing the dialogue? Yeah, and I always think the dialogue is a better idea. Like, I actually thought, I know you struggle sometimes with expository dialogue, but I thought the way the Doctor communicated with Shirley Ann about his what, regeneration my- and stuff was, was great. Yeah, um, my thing with it is not that you shouldn't have it. It's that you should trust your audience to understand things in smaller doses than you think. I think audiences are intelligent and you can pick up masses of information from not much. Mm, And I just think sometimes they, they serve it to you in a way that actually then does undermine your ability to like... (laughs) Yeah, it can just like... People are really good at picking up information, so I don't think it needs to, yeah. Yeah, I think though with Doctor Who, one of the things worth remembering is like, it is also aimed at a younger audience than us. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's sometimes but again, something that's easy to I, forget. I just think that's a human thing. I think kids are good at picking that stuff up as well. You're welcome. But I feel like it's probably one of those things that they had to just put in. Yeah. Because if they didn't, you think of the amount of people who'd be like, I don't get it. But it, I don't think they needed that pre-titles thing. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, but I do think they needed. It was strange. Dialogue. I wondered whether that was a um, a mandate from Disney. Actually, that pre-credits thing. It mm. seemed a bit cobbled together and a bit like mm. Disney being worried that America wouldn't get it. Yeah, it is giving that. Isn't it, it? it felt yeah. like that a little bit. Yeah. The meep. The meep. What do you think about the meep? I'm the meep. Oh, that was quite a good impression, actually, Cass. Thanks. You're so good at impressions and voices, Kath. Um, in the play we did together, Kath did um, the most amazing Irish accent. It was so good that Irish people came to the play and thought that you were Irish. It's true. My friend did think you were Irish. Thank you. That's amazing. And she is Irish. Um, four Irish people thought I was Irish. Four separate Irish people. That's incredible. Um, what do we think about the meep? I loved the meep. Are we, are we talking like as a character? As a character... Uh, like the character design, uh, everything. Character design, I liked. You didn't did, like didn't like the character though. I did think it was a bit predictable. They turned out to be evil. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um. Don't know. Maybe the design was too good. It jarred. It felt like animated. Oh, too good. Yeah. I well, it was a mixture, right? Of. CG and I believe it was. A, I've actually not watched the behind the scenes. Isn't yet. there a, fo- a photo of David Tennant next to the? Yeah, so I think bit. it's mostly a puppet. 
and then they manipulated the it, it like with, C- with CGI mm. later. Yeah. But whereas the way it expressed facially, yeah, with, like animation. Yeah. But I was a very good puppet. Yeah. Gorgeous mm. puppet. Yeah, very cute puppet. But I would actually say the characterization before the kind of twist of it being evil mm. wasn't um like sorry i've just got hung up mentally on the fact that the meeps pronouns are the meep um <laughs> but then they use they at one point anyway i feel like the way the meep looks when uh, yeah i'm gonna make the executive call as a trans person that we don't have to respect the meeps pronouns um can we just say they yeah you can say he if you want <laughs> do do whatever you want just so you know you don't get to decide everyone's pronouns <laughs> yeah I, I know that but i think i get to decide the memes pronouns. we can yeah okay so i feel like it was really cute and then but actually it was cute in as far as it was when you saw a picture of it but i didn't feel like the way they actually characterized it i found it a bit annoying oh me annoying. too annoying yeah in the same way that like r2 not r2 c3po can be annoying oh really just a bit like, like a bit fussy yeah and like not you didn't think as Miriam cute as was, was funny like no i no. expected more like vocal characterization that wasn't really there interesting and then so then when it was a twist it wasn't as much of a twist because it was like well it was kind of annoying anyway i agree i'd rather that. it be evil really yeah. there wasn't much to like there wasn't anything not to like i, I actually found yeah. it, i found the meep cute but also um sort of uncanny mm-hmm. like i didn't really like looking at it like even mm. when it was even when but before it was evil mm. um I, I found it like kind of um unusually large <laughs> like <laughs> i was expecting it when i saw like the pre-publicity stuff when there was no context for the size of it mm. i was expecting it to be um baby yoda sized Mm. and then it was like but then would then that it was not like, have been too close because it was very similar to baby yoda it generally was. yes yeah but i think in my head i was like oh it would be baby baby yoda size but then it was like the size of like an eight-year-old and that yeah. that was quite i found that quite like uncanny like yeah a bit creepy you know when you when you think about like if you're watching a sci-fi film do you ever think about like oh how would i feel if i actually came across this thing yeah it looks like, like a slow lore if i came across that meep thing i'd be fucking terrified like doesn't that look like the meat it does look like a slow loris yeah yeah it does look like, like i don't i don't want to be anywhere near that maybe that's because i don't really like animals yeah like do, oh, do you think I, it was more of an animal i have famously said there were only three animals i would touch um a cat a dog and a horse um i would okay. not touch any other kind of animal and i think the meat is included in that yeah <laughs> also i found would you, would you guys found... touch other animals other than cats dogs and horses yeah yeah have and would would you touch a bird yeah um i would but i don't particularly want to touch <laughs> i had i had a I gig want, as I want a, a robin to sit on my finger do you, i really don't want that like snow white <laughs> i had a gig as a teaching assistant um like years and years like ago that direction, not that direction. yeah <laughs> 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 i had a gig as a teaching assistant um back in like 2017 and um i was working in the early years classroom one day and uh, a visitor brought in a um duckling right and they were passing this duckling around the circle and all the kids got to have a go at like really delicately holding this duckling and it got to me as a ta and i was frightened of holding the duckling and i 
I like politely refused. And, and like all these fucking like three, four, five year old children had held the duckling like no problem. I just didn't want to touch it. I don't like Did touching touch animals. It? No. It, you would have cried. It would be so cute. I, I, I would be really frightened. I hate like they move un- unpredictably. Ducklings and, or birds or animals. Animals in general. Mm. Anyway, I think we should move back to the meat. Sorry, the, so that but that is why I don't. I I okay. found the meat kind of uncomfortable to watch. Yeah, um, so it should have been. I think it should have been much cuter mm. and more likable as a character. Yeah. yeah. So that then, when it's revealed, it's not. You're like, what? Whereas, what what are its characteristics that make you like it beforehand? Mm. Anyway, I yeah. guess just its big eyes. Exactly, right? and yeah. that was evident in the in the press photos of it yeah. yeah also are we aware of the history of the meep by the way yeah no i'm not oh. so the whole story was adapted from a 1980s doctor who comic oh wow um so the beat the meep design is from that and also the um the wraith warriors i think they're called which is like the green you know the green aliens who are like in pursuit of the meep. oh yes yes yeah um, like the locust things yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're also from the from the comic and they 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 look pretty much identical to okay the yeah. they ones. did have that vibe yeah um yeah so it's like it was it's kind of been always been like this obscure doctor who spin-off it's like one of the most iconic pieces of doctor who spin-off media okay um so it's kind of crazy that it was on prime time like yeah. bbc one um i also felt that the way that that when it turned evil that the fangs were like they looked really animated and I felt like part of its charm had been that it looked more like a practical effect. Sure, okay. Yeah. And then it was like, okay, we're going to make it evil by narrowing its eyes and giving it really sharp teeth. And I just feel like they could Maybe been... it would have been more subversive to just leave it. I was just about to say, and just have it like, be evil. Yeah, to have it st- stay, just uh, not that I thought it was that cute, but let's imagine it was, or you thought it was. Yeah. yeah. To keep it as that, that is scarier and more uncanny. Yeah. yeah and like, yeah, oh, now sure. I've got fangs. Yeah, it's more like, are you my mummy? Um, were there any other new characters? The Meep, Shirley Ann Bingham. That was kind of it, I think. I felt yeah. as well like when the meat. Like, oh, that boy, oh, that boy, small boy. boy. <laughs> you hated that you boy. You hated him. Well, you <laughs> identified that I hated him based on my description of a bad actor, so clearly you agree. <laughs> I didn't hate he's him. He's just a boy. I d- yeah, he's just a boy. <laughs> I have to ask, what purpose did he? Quite weird, right? Yeah. You know what that felt like? It felt like, um, and this is something you don't get in Russell T. Davies scripts often, actually. It felt vestigial. Mm. do you know what i mean like a vestige of a former like a previous draft yeah yeah like maybe in a in an earlier draft he he had something more to do maybe yeah. he will in the next part no maybe i don't think surely so, not if the next one's on a spaceship i get he's not yeah there. when's the next one coming out saturday okay i get the impression they're going to be quite separate yeah yeah um, i hope that they are actually separate yes yeah, yeah. that's the feeling I'm, I'm i'm getting okay we've done characterization i need a wee okay no, it's fine. You go for a wee. I'll keep the tape running. Cats come for come for a wee. I think it's a poo. Do you think it's a poo? Yeah, she's took, taking a phone with her. Oh, we're gonna be ages then. Maybe we can just fill the time. I bet you're the sort of person who doesn't um, poo outside her own home, aren't you? Actually, no. I will you totally poo anywhere? I 
I know so much why you think that. Yeah. But it's why actually, do I think that? I don't know, but I, I know that it's something yeah. that makes sense that you think that, but it's actually so not true. I will poo anywhere. Will you? Quite easily, happily. Would you poo on a, um, <laughs> on a moving train? No, but I've got a story actually. I won't name the person. No, you, you wouldn't do that. Oh no, sorry. I would. Yeah. I would. I wouldn't. I. I wouldn't like choose to. I'd probably try and hold it in, but I would. But if needs must. Yeah, obviously. I've got a story. I won't reveal the person's name, but um. Do I, said, do I know the person? No. Oh okay. Um, he told me that he was pooing on a Virgin train. Are they still Virgin or Avanti now? Avanti. Anyway, yeah. he was on an Avanti train, and. <laughs> he was changing his top because he was getting changed for like a night out or something. So he took his top off and so he sat and then he needed a poo. So he sat there topless doing a poo and then the door opened and it's one of those doors that like slid all the way open to a carriage full of people. And, and he sat and with no top in there with his top off. Yeah. And I just think people must have thought he needed to have his top off to do the poo. Cass. Was it a number one? Was it a number two? Both. It's both? <laughs> no. It it's usually one. both. You never do a number two without doing a number one, do you? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you do. I don't. Maybe that's, well, you don't maybe that's drink where we're biologically water. different. You don't drink any water. Wait, no, that would mean, that's the that, opposite. Yeah, that would be more likely. You're going see. against your own argument. Oh, wait, so you're saying that you do it I, every all, time? Yeah, every time. Okay. I'm That's amazing, sometimes. given that you don't drink any water. I'd say I have water once every 10 days. <laughs> Come on. Is, you have a lot, lot of discuss. Diet Cokes, though. I do have a lot of Diet Cokes. Okay, let's crack on. <laughs> ah, the look of the episode. Oh, the feel. The look and the feel didn't, of the episode. Didn't like the colour grading. Yeah, you mentioned that at the time. What was it about the colour grade that you didn't like? It was blue and orange. It was quite blue and orange. Blue. Bad vibes. <laughs> Could like you cool I, tone lighting? Is there any in this room? No, that's why it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> the blue lighting is like the inside of a fridge. Exactly. But I didn't feel like it. I didn't feel like it looked like that. I mean, we were watching it on a. But I didn't say anything at the time because I didn't want to upset Ben, whose flat we were in. But he had the um, the motion blur oh. uh, thing turned on in his telly, and it was and it was bad. Oh, I didn't know that. I it, didn't think the sound it, quality it, was very good. Oh, really? Maybe it was just my TV, but I noticed it significantly. I have with noticed this. that generally new TVs and like our, the sound it's quality is so bad. It's because no, people usually have the wrong sound settings switched on their television. Well, why do they come in that? Uh, yeah. My, <laughs> my TV has a default setting where it comes on on Essex radio. What do you mean? Why has that what? happened? What it, do you mean? When you turn the TV on, Essex radio blasts out. <laughs> And sometimes the TV turns itself on. Stop it. In the night. <laughs> Stop it, really? Yeah. Well, okay. Um, Back apart, to the field. Apart from the colour grade, which which feels a bit esoteric. I re- Something I really liked about it. You asked about the look and feel of the episode. <laughs> if you want to talk esoteric, look at this podcast. Okay, fine. Yeah, all right. Touche. Touche. <laughs> I really liked that it was in Camden. Yes, very cool. Because it yeah. felt very cool and I, it felt very old school. I was there, you know. Doctor Who. I know you were there. I actually thought, because you told me and I when thought it got, When you. it was being filmed, I was standing on a uh, on a box trying to look over the... They had like things up so you couldn't see what, what they were filming, but I stood on but something. But you saw. To look over it, but I didn't see uh, David Tennant. 
You saw the TARDIS though, didn't you? I did see the TARDIS and I saw Jacqueline King as well. I also feel like it was about time they um, addressed the whole awkward Cyberman, Cyberdog thing. Really? Yeah. <laughs> was that... Their silence was definitely... <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that shop's called? Cyberdog, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> it does look like Cybermen. Yeah, what's, what do they sell in Cyberdog? <laughs> No idea. It's kink, isn't it? Is it kink? It's, it? It, it's, it's not. It's kink, isn't no, it? Make, they wouldn't make a kinky shop. The, yeah, that's the, what it is. Kinky stuff. Yeah. No, it isn't. Yeah, it is. I no, bet it is. I'm going to Google it. Is. It's not kinky stuff, is it? London Molly. It's full of bohemians. <laughs> Maybe in 2004. <laughs> Cyberdog. Oh, I hate Camden. Oh, so it's... it's Do you? Why? It's clothing and... So tacky. <laughs> So but clo- like, as an area, I like it. Clothing and accessories for ravers. So it's like rave clothing. <laughs> but then, why is that funny? I'm that vanilla that I thought it was kink. Well, they kink. they do, however, have a over-18s fetish clothing department. Well, there we go. That's yeah. why you thought it. What can you buy at Cyberdog that's for over-18s? A, f- a full-blown heavy-duty gimp mask. Yeah, there we go. So, to be fair, Kathy, you were kind of right. I was 100% correct. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Come on. Gosh, how titillating. <laughs> so anyway, I like that. Yes. Because it felt like the old days. Did you like his costume? Yeah. His hair was stupid, Sarah Garnham, I agree with you. Yeah, Sarah Garnham last episode said that his hair was stupid. Isn't his hair always like that? Yeah, but he's it he's too so tall. he's too tall and he's too he's too old for it. He did look a bit old. Yeah. Even though Catherine Tate looked she's, the same. She's yes. aged amazingly. She looks exactly hasn't she? the same. But I think that she Do you think was... she's had work done? No. no. Well she's had her teeth done for sure. And she's had like she must have had like bit a bit of stuff done. I don't think she has. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, I think she's also got that like that complexion where you just yeah. don't really I, age. I also think, and this is a, a kind of nasty thing to say, but I also think she looked older when she was younger. Yeah, well, I think yeah. her like character when, when was... When she was Donna in 2008, she'd have been in her then? 30s. Yeah. And she definitely, she looked, I'd have believed her as older than that. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. true, actually. But she looked great. Amazing. Yeah. She looked almost the same. Stunning. I would say exactly incredible. the same. Yeah. Yeah. I was wowing and bowing. Yeah, me too. Um... The yeah. new TARDIS set. What do we think of that? Didn't like that. What? Fuck off. Not. Fuck off. I loved that. Throw yourself in the bin. Why did you like it? Why didn't you like it? Very, like, medical, sterilised. I see what I you know mean. I know what you mean. Like, compared, compared to, the, to the other... Dental. Dental. <laughs> compared to the other, like, modern TARDISes, it's less hot potch, isn't it? It's, like it's less, like... Yeah, thrown together. Yeah, it's a little bit more, yeah, clinical. But yeah. I'm glad it wasn't steampunk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> it could have been many things. Like, why? Why were you specifically glad that it wasn't steampunk? Because that because the we kind of worried cogs, it might be steampunk. the cogs vibe. <laughs> yeah, the, cogs the fact vibe. that it was in Camden. <laughs> yeah, true. The copper wire, <laughs> easily. <laughs> what's your what's you're, your? You're one step away from goggles on the head. What's your beef with steampunk? We're not going there. What do you mean? <laughs> What's the issue with it? It's abhorrent. Oh, wow. Recently, my stepfather um, directed a, a, a youth 
amateur production of Six, the musical. <laughs> you know the one about the wives of Henry VIII? I've seen it. But they're not allowed to use... Um, they're basically not allowed to replicate the costumes from the professional production for copyright reasons. Oh. Um, and that steampunk was the first thing I suggested as a as a costume vibe. And they all went, oh, yeah. Do you not find steampunk funny? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's... <laughs> It's it's the most cringe phenomenon in the world. Sorry, twenty. The thing is, I I do worry that there are some steam, steampunk people listening to this. For sure, I'm. They're so entitled to that, but I find it inherently funny. Fine, okay. This is like when Sarah Garnham came for the furries on the podcast, and I was thinking that some, some of them listen. Like, I'd be careful. Oh. They'll be well into the meme. They will. <laughs> <laughs> do you think furries will have sexual feelings Sorry, about the meme? Furby. That's Furbies. Yeah, they're not going to be into them. Surely not. They have no. sexual feelings about it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't want to talk about furry. It's about three foot tall, and it's voiced by a ninety-year-old woman. <laughs> she's not ninety. She is. Is she? I swear she's ninety. No, no don't you think she is ninety? She's ninety. No, she's not. Get a fact check on that. She's, she's not cracking on a bit. <laughs> she's well old. No, guess. I think she's eighty-three. Eighty-two. Oh. <laughs> I would have said eight. Sorry, Miriam, for putting eight years on you there. Um, Savage. It would have been my grandma's uh, 99th to be fair, birthday I, today. Oh, wow. She didn't make it, though. She didn't make it, no. Um I did think uh, that she was, like, one of those people who, like, looks good for her age. Miriam? Yeah. Well, you didn't because you thought she was <laughs> 90. No, but if she was 90 and she's actually 82... Then I would think she looked good for her age. No, because you thought she was ninety. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I, I, I both thought she was ninety and thought that she was one of those people who looked good for their age. So you thought she was a young-looking ninety? <laughs> yeah, I did. That was my assessment. Um, but you didn't like the TARDIS set. No, as I've just said, it's yeah. sterilized dental. So I liked medical. it because I thought it was a really good, expensive, modern revamping of the classic TARDIS design. From the old show. I like the 60s energy to it. But yeah. I know what you mean about I, it being sterile. I get what you mean, but the console the, wasn't like that. The console was a bit more mm, all over the place. Bit more steampunk. Bit more steampunk, yeah. <laughs> also, the... Um, the... the ra- basically, the when you went down the stairs... The ramp. They were, it didn't they really... Imp- importantly, they weren't stairs. People have pointed out it's the, one of the first uh, accessible... TARDIS nice. sets because uh, maybe Shirley Ann will be that's why I didn't say stairs making a way on maybe. I did say stairs eventually but I was trying to think of the word for whatever that is walkway um, when he ran down it there was nothing underneath and I think mm. some of the magic of it is like there being this upper level that's really like it, the foyer yeah. and then downstairs there's all the, what, there's there were, swimming pool and whatever. there were a lot of yeah. visible doors I'd love there to be a visible swimming pool in the TARDIS no, I disagree. I don't want to see it. I like yeah, preserving because they the they did see it. They they did show it in 2013, and it was bad vibes. They showed it. Yeah. You, you want the mystery, right? You want to be like, what is down there? Yeah, it was. Which is what I didn't like about this one is you've seen it all. Yeah, there were doors though leading off to other places. I guess. I thought it was cool. What did we think about the coffee? The coffee machine. Oh, that was a laugh, wasn't it? I just I didn't like that. I just why it wasn't very coffee machine. Why are you, why are you so boring? I thought no, I it thought it was a waste of a prop. Like, totally agree. Either either commit and yes. make it a full on coffee machine as we know it, yeah, or make it Nespresso. so far from what we know, yeah. Not just like a weird half-hearted. Yeah, it just was like a box that a coffee came yeah. out of. Yeah, because they probably want to use it for other stuff. 
What do you mean? Well, it's probably not just a coffee machine. Yeah, but even so, make it really like um, different. God. <laughs> um, complex. Yeah. Make it if there's all these things to push and press. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. The coffee machine for me was sort of this, this era's version of the custard cream dispenser from Jodie's era. Well, we didn't watch that. Well, no, I am aware of that, and actually disagree with that because a custard cream dispenser is cool. Mm. A coffee machine is just a, a normal a thing that we item. have. <laughs> we don't. You don't have a coffee machine, and it was also Neither sort of I. done in this quite 2005 way. She's got a Delonghi. I saw it. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, what a custard cream machine is. There's something a bit fun about that. Yeah, it doesn't exist in normal life. And the coffee that she gets is like really looks like a coffee from a coffee shop. It just it, it looked it like was giving a, was it like an Americano? It looked or? like a small Amer- oh yeah oh yeah because she has it with cold milk. Yeah, yes. But just in a normal little. And saucer. then she spilled it on the console, and it and everything was. I well, thought it was quite I cool. Said that to you, that from... coffee is Chekhov's gun. Yes. Did you? And she didn't hear me, and then it happened. That's smart. Well done. Mm, that is smart. You're good at stuff like that. You are good at that. I am. Yeah. Someone um, said to me the other day, you strike me as someone that likes watching detective shows on TV. And I said, yeah, I like Because you know what's going to happen. Yeah. She spilled it on the console and um, the console sat on fire. And I thought that was like... I loved how much it sat on fire. Yeah. And it was yeah. quite like a, it was quite a cool and sexy way to like be like, oh my God, look at this amazing set and look how much money we've got. We can blow it up straight away. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I thought that was like quite, it was quite a statement of intent from the show. Mm. So like, we're going to take this cool, sexy thing and we're going to blow it up. Well, just like, we've got so much money that we can just blow it up and then it's Are you fine. saying they're going to get a sex doll and blow it up? What? What? <laughs> no. What do you mean? Cool, sexy thing. <laughs> and blow it up. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I don't know where to begin with this. <laughs> I'll concede that a sex doll is a sexy thing. In the, I don't find it sexy, but it is sexy in the way that it's related to sex. Is it cool? <laughs> no. If, the if pun, you came around the to... The pun here is that you, you blow it up. Oh, you blow it oh, up. I didn't get that. I did get that. Well, you too. But it's not cool. Like, if you came around to my house and I recently purchased a sex doll, it was just, like, sitting on my, sitting on my dining cool table. Touch. Would you say... Oh, that's that's well cool. That's a cool, sexy thing. <laughs> would you say that? Of course, I would. How would you feel if if that if you if you came over and I had one? Um, frightened. Would you be frightened? frightened. Would, you? <laughs> would you? I'm entitled to have a sex doll if I want one. Yeah, but if it was on your sofa. What if it was on my bed, but you accidentally like opened my room and saw it? Um. Oh, just it being you, I'd just be like, "What? What comedy routine is this for?" <laughs> what if it was wearing one of your old tops? Oh, again, weird. we're back to frightened. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Uh, transgender. Play the. Oh shit! Yeah, I'll do that. Transgender. <laughs> um. Applause. Thank you, everybody. I'm here till Thursday. Um, Rose Noble, transgender character. Doctor Who's probably really like on screen first major transgender character. Um, how do we think that was dealt with? I'm going to let the cis people speak first and then I'll tell you that you're wrong. 
Okay. Off you go. You go first. I thought it was a bit clunky. I'll, I'll continue. Um, <laughs> I agree with what, I think you touched upon it before, of like they made it, they gave her so many lines that felt, to me, not very truthful. Mm. Um, I think those lines, if there were less of them, it would have worked, but it felt like a lot. Do you mean in the main part of the episode, in. like earlier on? In, in the main part of okay. the episode, um, obviously when her mum says, oh, she's gorgeous, and then she kind of stumbles over it, mm -hmm. and she's getting those comments from those guys. I think a few of those things by themselves, fine, but it felt, to me, a bit clunky at times. A bit I, public information film? or A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I also, I felt like the bit where she got it wrong was very good. I felt like that was, personally, I felt like that was the best scene. Yeah. In terms of, like, the trans experience. Yeah, yeah. because, um, not that I'm trans, but having had a lot of people um, have reactions when I've told them about you being trans. Well, yeah, so for, for context for listeners, we were in a relationship when I, when I was first started transitioning, so you kind of, it, it, while you're not trans, you kind of understand the process of coming out and the process of like family dealing with that. And just yeah. Like, and yeah, like yeah, it is like coming out in a queer relation. Like yeah, for sure. So yeah, I definitely feel like, and not just generally the way people speak about um, trans people and it, that kind of or anything. It, people do it about race. They do it about loads of things like not knowing how to speak about it and being unnecessarily worried about things that are totally fine. Um, it just is really true. And I thought they dealt with that pretty well. But at the same time, I didn't think Donna's response was perfect. Like, I, I felt like that was a bit, um, this is how you should deal with it. And it's kind of by like dismissing them and telling them to shut up. And I actually felt like, Maybe that could have been... Oh, what in, t in terms of like what Donna said to Rose? No, what Donna said to her mum when she tripped up. I mean, I think it's true. Like what you should say is... Um, I'm just really aware that this is so not my place to say. No, go on. But you should be like, is this person gorgeous? Then I'll say it. Mm -hmm. Like that's a very... And if they're not gorgeous, never say it. <laughs> if you see someone and they're not gorgeous, especially if they're transgender then keep then just don't say anything is this true advice um it's sort of actually yeah like i was kind of joking but yeah sort of i actually think that is yeah. true i think like one thing i've struggled with is like people um telling me i'm gorgeous or like saying things about my appearance that they clearly don't mean um and that's not me being like woe is me like i know when i look good and i know yeah. and mm. i actually know which people are gonna like the clothes i'm wearing for example and mm. you know often i can tell that like compliments especially strangers give me are grounded in a sort of discomfort with like what they're saying is i've noticed that thing yeah which is un which is uncomfortable mm. um however yeah i didn't really feel that was what that bit of the episode was getting at mm. um and actually mm. like i felt like a, a subject like that would have been impossible for that episode to grapple with like if like i think this is part of the issue is she's not a 
going to be a recurring character. Like, maybe she'll appear in one of the other specials. Is she not? Oh. Well, she might appear in the third special, but... Why Why do you keep saying special? Are these only specials? These are specials. There's, there's three specials. Uh, Until it starts properly. And that will be... Shooty Gatwell. Shooty Gatwell season. Uh, like, we don't know, but, like, the start of next year at some point. Okay. Um. So she's, she's not going to be, like, a regular character. Right. So they kind of had to get everything done oh. in this episode. Oh. I didn't know that. I thought she was going to be a regular and so I wondered why it felt like they were No, so part of it is a lot kind in. of having is because otherwise you would be able to see this stuff through a little uh, bit. So more. they almost had to do that in a way, I guess, it, to honour Yeah, to honour that storyline. Okay, mm. makes um, sense. I, I, I really like that obviously Sylvia is older and she was just, she's been dispi- depicted in the past as like kind of intolerant mm. and but I think it would have been, so I, w- I think it would have been disingenuous to have her like be so on board with like mm. this mm. trans teenager, um, even though she was on board, but like so like perfect, behave yes. perfectly. Yeah. But I also think it would have been unnecessarily cruel to have her be like not accepting, mm. especially because yeah. they wanted to treat that character with a with a softer touch this time round. Yeah. So I actually think it was dealt with like really perfectly and it really reminded me of some of the older members of my family mm-hmm. um in a really nice way um mm. i also loved um yeah i kind of liked all of that stuff actually like and yes some of the dialogue was clunky like even like when the silly bit where she pointed out like oh you the meeps pronouns and stuff like that the thing is like discussions about pronouns are horrible and clunky mm. like Having to correct people. I mean, you've been in the room and I've had to co- correct like a person in a professional setting yeah. on my pronouns. And like, it, it's, it never feels like a natural conversation to be having. And it mm. always feels kind of, and I think it was just kind of reflective of that, that the issues I, I've sort of just talking over you both now, but the, the issues I started to have with the trans stuff in the episode was when it kind of got a bit confused later on. <sighs> Well, you say what you think about that and then I'll put out my take. I felt like the whole binary, non-binary thing. First of all, they hadn't really set her up as a non-binary character. No. Mm. Which... And I don't even know if the show thinks she is a non-binary yeah, character or not. Yeah, like I just felt like I've actually seen loads of stuff about like... Like at work, they put up signs for Trans Awareness Week and they only talk about like like binary gender and i was like oh that's kind of stupid i just feel like the discussion isn't advanced enough to have like or like they they haven't dealt with it in a sophisticated enough way to have her be non-binary and like you said it doesn't even seem like they think she is non-binary no that's not me saying they shouldn't have a non-binary character no of course i just think that they should like i don't know be established that better yeah be Mm. like signpost it more and i also think that was when I found the episode got a bit silly and like what made me didn't really want to re what made me not want to rewatch it was when it was like, okay, she's non-binary and she's also a time Lord and she's like, it was clever to have the, the Donna binary thing mm. and then to have the non-binary thing. But it felt like that's all it was. It was like someone had realized right. there's this cool thing we could do so here. So that's how I feel. Really yeah. Like, I so, don't think it was clever. No. no. So I, I feel like, you know, it it was, that you know, I thought the idea of solving the meta crisis by having 
Rose inherit the meta crisis from her mother was actually kind of cool. Yeah. Right? It was like a cool little get out mm. of jail free thing. I also kind of liked, I, I it was a bit of confusing, like um, in the way they worded it, but I kind of liked, because Russell must be, Russell C. Davis must be acutely aware that he's kind of regressed the show a little bit by mm. casting, by like um, casting David Tennant after the first female doctor. So I think making it a bit of a girl power message at the end was pretty smart. Um, especially including a trans woman in the girl power message. So cool. Especially when some other sci-fi like um, like The Power mm. has like very specifically not done that. I think it was very cool to have Russell yeah, choose to include trans women. What did The Power do? The Power is that book where like women... Yeah. yeah. Like trans women are very specifically excluded from right. the like the power that the women get in that book. Um, so I thought that was really cool and... I liked it a lot. And like this idea that um, Rose kind of saved the day by being trans was really cool. Mm. Um, this is all stuff I've kind of thought about since the episode because at the time I was kind of a bit bamboozled by it. Um, and lots of other people have pointed out that it was included in such a way that they can't, um, they can't cut around it for overseas markets really. Like it's so integral to the plot of the episode mm. by the end. And I think that's so cool mm. and brave and admirable. However, I think you're right that he had that thought about the binary, non-binary thing. And it was like a brainwave for Russell, right? Yeah. And he's going, oh my God, like that sounds like non-binary. I can use it. And he's failed to really in- think about the implications of it. And it means that it has this like confusing messaging mm. where... You know, and I think when you're making a show like Doctor Who, you have to be aware that you're writing a queer story for a lay person, like an audience of lay people, right? So you need to be really clear with what you're saying because it might be those people's like first exposure or second exposure to stories about trans people. So it's like kind of slightly worrying if you're putting out confusing messaging about like, what like the the what the phrase non-binary means or like that's what, why th- it's yeah. like the the expositional thing it's like if you're gonna um if you're gonna not trust your audience to like pick up a story then you also shouldn't trust them to com- have grasp a fairly complicated social construct um, yeah so i think you need to be really really clear yeah you didn't say what you thought about that. I agree with what you said. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I went on a bit, but yeah. No, I think I think you're completely right, especially with the whole, you can so tell the binary, non-binary thing is something that was tacked on a bit at the end. Like it doesn't feel like, you know, we know that, well, we think we know anyway that when that was written in for Donna to say, it wasn't, Oh no no no! It's it's like a it's like a brainwave he's had. Yeah. So it, and it's almost like well, it's that's quite obvious now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so to kind of try and shoehorn it in and be like it was all part of the same story almost takes away from mm. all that amazing stuff that you just said. Yeah. I don't know if it takes away in that way. Like I think if it, like if she had been a non-binary character. Oh and, yeah. And that was established. I think it would be a really cool like subversion of yes. that thing and like a really good way of like playing with the text yeah i agree but this way it seems kind of cheap and flimsy and mm. confusing for like cis audiences maybe yeah yeah and i think confusing for trans audiences but like yeah. i don't i don't feel i'm not going to go out into the world and 
and you know and my behavior is not going to reflect that right yeah mm. yeah exactly that's not you learning something exactly um i think that coupled with and i actually hate it when people interpret me as not binary or mm. yeah well no, no that's not fair i you know i have a lot of respect for non-binary people and like i don't um yeah it's not like oh my god i'd hate for someone to think i was non-binary it's more that i hate um being misgendered <laughs> i hate being misgendered yeah, yeah and i hate um when people kind of use uh gender neutral language and um you know stuff like that to to kind of get out of defining me as a woman yeah mm. yeah um so so i think to com- kind of conflate binary trans women with non-binary people is to kind of get into that sort of territory mm. i don't know yeah yeah and i just think that you should handle that with care um so david Tennant plays the 14th doctor in this episode um how do you think that the 14th doctor differed from the 10th if at all older <laughs> spiky hair um he was a little bit more emotional yes i thought so too yeah yeah i agree um which or maybe I not more emotional but i think more emotionally intelligent yeah yeah which actually i think some of the doctor's charm is by being a bit of an alien and a bit like not quite understanding things and i think uh maybe it might become less relatable to some people if he's becomes like this sort of like uh very emotionally um engaged man i don't know yeah i think it's there's a balance to strike i saw this tweet that was like you know you can see how much he's changed and it had like a screenshot of him asking rose like does it even need saying about loving her and then it was like Jodie Whittaker's doctor saying, oh, I've loved being with you, Yaz. And then it was David Tennant again saying in this episode just gone where he said, I absolutely loved her about Donna. And it's like just having that ability to wear his heart on his sleeve a little bit more. And like, it, it feels like he knows himself a bit more, even mm. if he doesn't understand why he's David Tennant again. Mm. I think some of it is slightly like, you you can't help but have the intervening years of opinion like bleed into how like opinion and social discourse and like about like masculinity you mean yeah or? but also just generally about how th- <coughs> that doctor is seen as kind of a love story doctor mm. um but also has a sort of um hubris and arrogance which i think is like was very common in like male heroes in that period which is yeah. not fashionable anymore yeah mm. that's true yeah i don't know if it makes him more likable or not yeah i think it's like maybe feels a bit unnatural in yeah. a way or does it feel, for me it kind of felt a bit more natural to see david Tennant as a 52 year old man Mm. as opposed to a 36 37 year old man mm. playing it that way feels a bit it reminded me a little bit and you guys probably don't relate to this because you haven't like really watched this part of the show or like haven't watched it properly but the latter years of the capaldi era mm. where he because his first season he's very grumpy and you know but then his second couple of seasons he's this very like sensitive older man 
And that's kind of what I got from David Tennant a little mm. bit. Like this sort of, yeah, like maybe he's got that slightly alien vibe, but he's he's got kind of this emotional integrity. I don't know. It's almost like he's gone, he's, he's a father now in a weird way. Yeah, I mean, he's got five kids, doesn't he, David Tennant? Yeah, but obviously the doctor doesn't. So something we haven't talked about mm. is, the, is her being called Rose explained in it. Yes, so they explain that it's um, like subconscious through like right. the, because um, she's got like you know because she'd made all those monsters that look like the monsters from Doctor mm. Who and like so the the fact she called herself Rose is mm. because of oh because she chose her name yeah okay but yeah. also interestingly I saw this interview with Russell where um you know the the like bullies are shouting her dead name at her mm. and they're shouting Jason. Mm. And apparently, like, in whatever language, um, like, I guess, like, ancient Greek or whatever, I don't know, um, Jason means, like, healer or doctor. Mm, really? So, this, that, so Russell's, like, got this idea that, like, um, Donna, like, subconsciously named her kid after the doctor. Mm. Which is kind of a cool idea. Oh. Wow. wow. It's, like, a fun little detail. Yeah. But, yes, interesting cool i'm excited to have david Tennant for two more weeks yeah. yeah but to be honest i'm most excited for chichigawa oh yeah yeah me too Can i mean get i'm us back on then as excited for all of those things are on you that, yeah on i that, could i to be honest i love this week and i'm really excited for the next two weeks i could do without it though i said this last, last episode i could have done without the whole david Tennant thing <sighs> I'm ready for Shooty Gatwa. My body think, is ready. I think that <laughs> they really undermined what is a very exciting Doctor Who announcement mm. of it being Shooty Gatwa um, with the David Tennant thing. I think they should have staggered it. And I Well, think they did it. It was a week later. Exactly. It, As in, it, like, they should have literally shot all the David Tennant stuff, had that happen, and then at the end of it, announced Shooty and given him his moment. Yeah, I, I think... To be honest, I think, yeah, they'd have liked to have done that. I don't think it would have been logistically possible, really. Just because of the... But th they decide what happens next in Doctor Who, right? Yeah, but it wouldn't mean? have been possible because... Because of the commissioning. But, well, but, well, because they... They'd have known they didn't want David for a whole series, right? So, like, unless you want to wait another year for Shooty Gatwa... I almost think they should have done that. Yeah, I, I think... Don't th I, I, I think the public would have got a little bit fed up. And also... We've already waited longer than we've ever waited before in the modern era for Doc for new Doctor Who. Mm. I guess what I feel and they like and they had to announce they had to announce both of them because they were filming in public places. Yeah, and, no, you know. that all makes sense to me. But yeah, I know what you mean. I think it's great that he's back, but I just feel like um it yeah shooting out well was so exciting mm. and, and i think it will be i will think it be will be so good I, and i'm most excited for that i think yeah. it's gonna be absolutely brilliant oh i i do kind of wish he was being eric though <laughs> i mean i, I feel like, like he will bring this some, yeah, of, that humor. some of, yeah. that, of that performance will come through yeah, yeah. i honestly do and I've, i watched the latest series of sex education a couple of weeks ago and i I actually didn't think it was all that, but he's it, the best thing. He is it. the best yeah, thing about definitely. it, and, and I, I was in watching so it. many ways. In so many ways, yeah. and I was watching it, thinking about the kind of doctor he was going to be. Yeah, so so exciting. Yeah, yeah, me too, actually. But I don't think that announcing David takes away from that. I think it's like supporting of it, if that makes sense. 
my feeling is this should be it for David Tennant now. He came he came back for 2013. It was brilliant. He's come back now for even longer. Unprecedented move, like the, uh, bringing a doctor back. I think we're done. Yeah. I think so. I just think... I think it is a bit of a shame that yeah, they had yeah. to regress, that they did regress in that way. I think it's like really... I think to to kind of go from Jodie Whittaker to a man who's literally already had the job literally is, is just like objectively in an employment gender pay yeah. gap sense really <laughs> depressing i tell you what though that <laughs> there's not a man more grateful to have the job twice oh, than david Tennant. i love him literally. and i'm so glad i saw this amazing clip earlier of him um so the two guys that wrote the original comic like visited the set mm. and there's a clip of him meeting them and he's so thrilled to meet them Aww. and he talks about how he bought the comic as a kid and um you know how he was so excited when he saw what the script was based on and he gets them to sign a comic and he's just like so thrilled to be there mm. um and like you know i think he was just over the moon to do it once never mind twice um yeah yeah i think but you know b- broadly i agree with you yeah i think like that's all well and good but i just think um symbolically yeah. i also think like it's really shit that it, it's classic um that a, a woman has done that job you know you get you give them one chance to do it you don't really like basically fund it properly i don't know what what the issue was there but like you don't make decisions that support that that make it a good idea mm-hmm. um you you, well, this was always our worry was like, oh, if they go back to a man again, it'll look like an anomaly. It'll look like a, mm, a mistake. Yeah, exactly. And I think bringing David Tennant back has made it look even more like yeah. that, unfortunately. And it's not, it's like... I mean, it's not helped by the fact that her casting was a mistake yeah. in the ways exactly. we discussed earlier. But that is, that is prime why these things keep happening is because you go, all right, then you have a go and then you don't support them at all or you don't, you don't make it work. Mm. And then yeah. you uh, use them as the stick to like For measure sure. everything else against. And actually like Jodie Whittaker with a female showrunner probably would have been a very different story. Mm-hmm. Um, we still never had a female showrunner. There well. we go. And again, same situation as with David, like bringing the the same man back. We've done yeah. it with Russell, like, and yeah. uh, again, I'm thrilled to have Russell back, but yeah, it's exactly. still it's still a bit of a boys' club behind the scenes. Yeah, you know? I'm sure it is in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, they did just announce the the first two guest writers for Shooty Season, both of whom are women. That's mm. good. Um, but I don't know who the others are. <laughs> Mm. They're for, they're people who've written for um, sex education, which nice. is cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me, ladies. Thank you. Um, we've been Thanks recording for, for almost two hours. Oh wow! Oopsie. An hour and three quarters. Yes. Well, it's a we, good there were some awkward bits though that I'll be cutting out. Yeah, get rid of them. I think I felt under quite a lot of pressure to make it funny. But the aim Why? of it isn't funny, though, is it? It is bit now. The aim is to make. I want to make. I want to make the listeners laugh. I, I think they will laugh. Yeah, and just don't stress about making it funny. Just try and relax if you're worried about that. Mm. And also, um, I felt that pressure as well. And I'm just not in a funny mood today. And that's all right. You can just have a nice conversation. That's really supportive, Cass. Cass is one of the most supportive people I know. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> she really means the world to me, listeners. 
I was quite rude to you at the start of this episode. I'm sorry. About yeah, that. but it's like we've got like a sibling relationship, haven't we? That's a bit weird because we were together once. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's okay. enough. Okay. <laughs> um, where can people find you on social media, Cass? For for like the the clothes that you make Fans. and stuff. Oh, um, my handle is felt stitch, which is really rubbish. Um, do you have anything you want to plug, Mal? No. Okay, cool. <sighs> so much editing on this. So um, much editing. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter, as usual, at uh, Molly underscore Martian. Um, but more importantly these days, because Elon Musk is a big fat twat, you can find me on Instagram at Molly Martian underscore. You can find the podcast on Instagram at GalacticYoYo underscore and on Twitter at, I'm refusing to say X, by the way. Some of my friends have started saying X now and I just won't have it. Um, you can find me on uh, the podcast on Twitter at GalacticYoYoPod um, and you will hear me again next week uh, when I will be speaking to um, Doctor Who fan, music journalist and incredible alternative comedian. Pink. <laughs> yeah pink's coming on you just undermine my introduction <laughs> for my next guest i'll do that again when i'll be speaking to you doctor who fan music journalist and incredible alternative comedian cameron sinclair harris for to discuss wild blue yonder okay thanks for listening everybody thanks kath thanks malak see you next time